Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno, an hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Hello everybody, thank you very much for listening. The reason why we say good morning, good afternoon and good evening is because, oh and good night, is because we have people, luckily enough, listening to our program all over the world. We have people in uh, Australia, right across Australia, we have people in Africa, right across Africa, we have um, in the in Middle East and uh, right through Asia and Southeast Asia and of course America, uh, North and South and we've got a lot of people in Italy listening to us and across Europe. So thank you very much. We have been had a fantastic year as far as uh, responses from people at different universities and people uh, doing studies, uh, business studies, and also some of the guests that we have are just world-class guests and um, people are learning a lot from them. So it's not just me. It's not me and my show. It's me and my guests. The guests are the stars of my show. And now on Happy Business, it's time for a bit of fun with our resident comedian right here on Happy Business. Okay, hi Rob, how are you? Hey, hello listeners. Rob, tell me, uh, as I said before, Rob is a comedian and uh, we've had him on all this year um, uh, since uh, about February, March because of the COVID in uh, Australia, in Adelaide. Rob won a competition and couldn't go to Melbourne to perform because they're locked down. And uh, what we've done, we've put him on radio every week and he comes on and tells us a few jokes. So what have you got for us today, Rob? Well, I was reminiscing, Pete. I was thinking back to my childhood. I don't know about you, but when I was an apprentice, a lot of tradespeople have played jokes on you, like when you're sitting on the toilet, but put a hose in through the window and soak you. Yes. Um, you know, that sends you out pick up things like an endless chain, yep. a spotted paint, a screwdriver, a long weight. Yes. You know, they'd really make a fool of you to everyone. When when you're doing an apprenticeship, one of the things that they used to do when you go to the toilet, they'd put the hose, the garden hose in and squirt you. Yep. <laughs> Nowadays, okay. you'd be sacked for that. <laughs> yeah. It? Yep. Okay. What was the next thing you got? So... Uh, and that sends you out to pick things up. Yeah. Right. So that, that sends you across the road to, yep. the, to the nuts and bolts yep. uh, shop for a long wait. Yep. <laughs> and the, the guy at the counter would be in on the joke. So he'd go, no worries, mate. Just, just hang on a bit. And you'd be standing there for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and say, well, we haven't got one. Yeah. I remember, you, you, I remember doing my apprenticeship. Now. Yeah. I remember doing my apprenticeship. And um, when when the foreman had not much for us to do, and uh, he'd say, look, can you just go over to the store and pick up a long wait for us, you know, and tell him the storeman that I want one? It's on order, he'd say. <laughs> and then we'd go there and say, oh, look, the, the foreman said it was on order, the long wait. And he said, oh, yeah, look, can you just wait over here for a minute, wait on the side, he said, because um, somebody's going to bring it back soon. <laughs> It hasn't returned yet. And we had no idea. Honestly, we had no idea. So I know exactly what you're saying. What was the other thing? The, the, the can of spotted paint. Spotted paint? <laughs> All right, what else? Oh, and they'd, they'd send me out for an endless chain. Oh, an endless chain. <laughs> and, and, of course, the best one was the left-handed screwdriver. Oh, right, because you can't get into a corner or something like that. <laughs> See, well, I did, when I did my engineering certificate and uh, uh, I started doing fitter and turner and tool making and all the, all the apprentices had to spend the first year together and then after that they went into the workshop and when they went into the workshop there was lots, lots and lots of those sort of jokes, you know, that used to be played on the apprentices. But today, honestly... Things have changed so much that if you did something like that, it'd be called sexual harassment or it would be called, you know, personal harassment or, you know, you get caught, you know, for doing those jokes on people. Well, I, d I decided to try it, Peter. I decided to try it. I was in the shop the other day. Yeah. And this person next to me said to the young lady serving at the deli counter that she um, that they wanted some chicken legs. Some what, sorry? And 
some uh, chicken legs, like it was at chicken the meat legs. department. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, chicken legs. And um, and I said, well, are they front or back legs? <laughs> and and she said, well, I, I, I don't know. Yep. And so she, she went to ask your manager to yep. say, um, you know, are these front or back chicken legs? Right? Yep. And the, the, the manager picked up on the joke and, he, and said, oh, I think they're front. Yep. Right? And so we could hardly contain ourselves. So uh, now the manager's name was Egbert. Egbert. And um, he came out and absolutely exploded at him. Right? <laughs> and he said, you're exploiting our apprentices. Right? And then, of course, the guy apologised. That it was just a joke and went on to say that, well, you're exaggerating. <laughs> That's a good and play then, on words. <laughs> well, then the manager just cracked up at the customer, but the customer turned around and said, look, the service was excellent, but that these young people know exactly what they're selling. <laughs> and the manager then said, well, that may be true, sir, but your intentions have been mislaid. <laughs> the customer said, well, now you're acting like an ex extraterrestrial and you should expand your mind otherwise the yoke will be on you <laughs> well well played on words a very good play on words rob thank you so much all right Listen, you rob you have a very merry christmas and a happy new year and enjoy the end of the year and we'll catch up to you soon in the new year i hope look forward to it and same to all of uh, the staff at the radio station and all of yep. the listeners thank you very much thanks rob bye-bye Catch you soon. All right, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, mate. Bye-bye. Today, we have a very special uh, young man who's been um, studying here in Australia and grown up here in Australia. Um, originally, he, his family came from India and set up a really big business here and ran a business for many, many years. So today, I'm going to ask uh, our guest here at the moment, which is Rishi. Rishi, welcome to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio. Lovely. Thank you for having me, Peter. Yep. Now, Rishi, tell us a little bit about your uh, family background because it's it's interesting. See, Australia's made up of a whole lot of migrants, you know, uh, except for the original um, indigenous tribes and people that were here. Uh, every all the whites and everybody else have come here since then, and we we are made up of uh, we we tend to forget our heritage, you know, and we forget how we make culture and how our new Australian culture is changing and integrating. You know, and uh, it's so important to sometimes reflect back, especially this time of the year, like at the end of the year and the beginning of the new year is always a very, very good time to reflect on what happened in the past and where we're going forward. So if you look back in the past and then you think we can learn from the past, you know, we, we keep saying history repeats itself. So we can learn a lot from history. We can learn a lot from things that have happened in the past. But more importantly, we can prepare ourselves really well for the future. All right. So tell me a little bit about your family background. My family background. So um, I was personally born, brought up and uh, brought brought up in Adelaide. Yes. But my family is completely Indian. So um, <laughs> we've been here for about 30 years. Right. All right. Um, yeah. I'm turning about 30. So about yeah. 30, 32 <laughs> years now. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I'm getting older, aren't I? Um, yeah. But yeah, my, so my, uh, my dad's from a place called Chandigarh and my mother's from uh, the near the central of New Delhi. All right. So my parents actually had an arranged marriage, to be honest with yep. you, yeah, which is still quite common in Indian society. It's um, obviously becoming less common, mm -hmm. but in, um, in that time it was very common. Yes. Um, so but my parents actually had two twin daughters, um, mm -hmm. before me, right. unfortunately they actually contracted polio in India. Oh, so wow. my parents had a pretty tough upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, so we came to Australia actually, um, they managed, we had a bit of family over here. My dad mm -hmm. managed to move the whole family to Australia for the better life. Right. As you do. And um, we actually started at the central markets. Right. So uh, we had a little stall at the central markets, you know, selling all knickknacks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then from there, my dad took a loan um, and he started Rishi, so which is a women's fashion business. He, mm -hmm. They decided to name it after me after I was born. <laughs> um, in the Indian culture, the male is the prized, you know, it's yeah. very, very prized, you know, which I won't complain about at yeah. all. Um, but yeah, so um, we started there quite small. We had a few little stores and then we grew to five stores in the Westfield. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, from nothing. Yeah, my family, yeah, really did well. My dad and parents just really smashed it. Yeah. Well, they say that's the sort of thing that's happening here in Australia all the time. Now, the, the, 
I always say that, you know, um, we talk about central market or we talk about different areas. Most of the people in our central market today um, have started with a very small store, you know, right. like a little table <laughs> selling stuff off of the top of a tabletop. And they've grown to very, very big businesses. And when you look at the size of any business, any family business or whatever, they've always started off fairly small and grown. Now, if they did that, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, and, you know, as low as, you know, 10 and 20 years ago, and even four or five years ago, and even today, people are starting off their kitchen table. You know, the biggest company in the world, which is, or one of the biggest companies in the world, which is Amazon, it started, what, 20 years ago? On a kitchen table. Yeah, yeah. He just started yeah. it from his uh, bedroom. I yeah. was reading, uh, listening to the podcast about it just the other yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he used to deliver the books himself. <laughs> he packed them and delivered them himself. Yeah. So when you think that, oh, yeah, that's all right. You could do it then, but you can't do it now. Well, you know, 20 years ago is not that long, you know, and there are businesses today starting. All you need to do, and I keep saying this all the way through the last, you know, three, four years that I've had this show, I've always said, all you need is a coach. All you need is a mentor. All you need is somebody to show you the way. Or, you know, you don't have to pay for a mentor. You don't have to pay for a coach. You just pick somebody. You say, look, I want to do what Ron's doing. I want to do what John's doing. I want to do what Karen's doing. I want to do what Richie's dad did. You know, if he could start it then, there's no reason why I can't start it now. Exactly right. But a lot of people are stopping themselves from doing that they say oh you know i don't know what to do i don't know what to do so just find out ask somebody mm. you know i had a friend here in adelaide who um grew a business like he started one shop and he was beating his head up against the wall trying to keep the shop open 12 hours a day you know and he was working 15 and 18 hours a day just to keep the shop open for 12 because the fact is he had to do stuff before he opened he had to do stuff after he opened he had to do all the orders and all the bookkeeping and everything else and it was just just too hard. He was beating his health up against the wall. So he said, right, I'm going to get a partner. So he brought in one of his mates and they started together as a partnership and they opened the store 24 hours a day. It was one of these uh, convenience stores and, and stuff like that. And they opened it up 24 hours a day. So one partner was working 12 hours. The other partner was working 12 hours. And they were killing themselves because it wasn't just the 12 hours. They still had to do the bookkeeping. So they had to do all the ordering and delivering and all that other stuff. So eventually they went and looked up the street and they saw somebody else who had a chain of supermarkets or a chain of stores and they said, hang on a minute, how come he can do it? What's he doing? And then this guy started reading some books and started learning some other stuff and said, well, if he can do it, what do I have to do to do it? So he went and interviewed him. He said, look, can I ring you? Can I buy you a coffee? The guy says, yeah, of course. And they sat down, had a coffee and the guy says, why are you doing it yourself? And he says, what do you mean? He said, well, why are you doing it yourself? Why don't you employ somebody to do it? He said, oh, I can't afford it. He said, but you can't afford to not do it. So what he, he, he learned how to um, back off himself and put somebody else in that position. It can be difficult. My father struggled with that a little bit. Obviously, yeah. you need good management structure. So when you own a business, you can't do everything after a while. As a business scales, as you were saying, yeah. Peter, yeah. it gets too much to handle. Yeah. See, with my family business, yeah, it was, it was a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, we had like stock in our garage. Yeah. Every every day we're talking about the business, yeah. everything. You know, um, my parents are always working. It's a whole structure. Yep. But, yeah, I think that's where my dad actually did struggle. Yeah. He didn't actually um, – it's a trust issue as well for a lot of business owners, I believe, you know, giving responsibility to someone else. The biggest it, problem the biggest problem most businesses have is delegating and having somebody to delegate to. Exactly right. So that is not the problem of the person you delegate to. That is a person – that's the problem of the person who has to delegate. It's a control right. thing. My yeah. dad find it very, very difficult to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, um, so you know, we were very successful for a time, yeah. but as the online, um, you know, business started to come in, that really yeah. affected our business. Yeah, and you know, we but try to get up with the times, but my dad was not too. Uh, he's not you yeah, know, in the technical. most technology advanced and he wasn't too keen on it. Yeah. He's a very face-to-face -face person like yep. me. So he just believed in the standard retail model. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the world is changing. You yep. know, the market's changing. You have to change with it. So that's where we did struggle a little bit. So you're exactly right about uh, delegation. Yep. And just, you know, like taking advice from other people. Yep. Well, you can't always think you're right. Exactly, exactly. But but the only the, the thing is that um, you alone can do it, but you can't do it alone. And when I first heard that, that was like a long, long time ago, and I thought, oh, wow, what does that really mean, you know? And the more you look at it, what does it really mean? Then all of a sudden I understood it more and more and more, 
you know. And it's funny because um, I've got friends in Asia who have been uh, reading books uh, from motivational books, inspirational books from different uh, world leaders and, and uh, gurus, you know, like top top leaders. Um, this this one guy read uh, that Anthony Robbins' book, for example, and said, oh, that's a lot of crap, and put it down, you know. And when, when I met him quite a long time ago now, over 25 years ago, I met this chap and he said, look, I've, I've done that. I've read his book. He said, I heard him. You know, and I've read his book and he said, and I just can't get through it. He said, I got through the first two chapters and put it down. I said, yeah. I said, well, go back and read the first couple of chapters again. I said, you'll find it different. And he went, oh, you know. I said, because as you grow, you'll see things that were there. You know, I remember reading a book. This was really interesting. I read a book uh, and I don't read a lot. I never used to read a lot because I was quite dyslexic. But, you know, I've learned to read and write and speak very well now. Um, you, yeah, <laughs> but, I, I would yeah. never imagine that, Peter. You speak very well. Yeah, but I couldn't read, honestly. Yeah. I mean, well, when I first came to Australia, um, I came from Italy. So I couldn't read, I couldn't write, and I couldn't speak English. Wow. You know, now when I speak, most people think that I'm English. How old you know? were you when you came here for that moment asking, Peter? I was about five or six. Oh, five or six. Yeah, yeah, I was about five or six years of age. And right through the first five or six years of school, um, we went to a country school. So it's really interesting because people say in Asia and Africa and other places, the schools aren't very good. I had um, one teacher for seven grades, right? Now listen to this. We had one bedroom of a house, of an old big farmhouse, was a like a main lounge room. The main lounge room had been converted into a classroom. So there was just one room and in, in the... Over here in the corner, there was grade one and two. Over there was grade three and four. Grade five was in one corner. Six and seven was in another corner. And there was only two or three people in each class. And we only had one teacher. And that, that school, believe it or not, is only a stone's throw away from Adelaide. So it's oh. not like it was way out in the country. It was in the foothills of the Adelaide Hills. You know, in the, but we only had one teacher and there were seven classes in that one room. And what happened was, you know, four of those other people or five of them were my brothers and sisters because there were six <laughs> kids in my family and four of us went to the same school, you know. So it was really interesting how the teacher, you know, and then the others were brothers and sisters in different classes, you right. know. So there's, there's only like a half a dozen families in that whole area yeah. and we had one teacher. So it was hard for the teacher to teach me to speak English as well as teach me all the other things, mm. the reading and the writing, while he had to concentrate on the grade sevens. You know, because the grade sevens were going off to high school and he needed to spend a lot of time with grade six and grade seven. And grade five would be looking after one and two. And then grade seven kids would be looking after the others while he was working with the grade sevens. But it is quite important to be, um, like, uh, at a young age, um, I only, I, I grew up over here and I always went to Christian school, so I spoke English. But I, um, I must say, um, as I've gotten older, like yeah. you talked about my heritage and you know Indian yeah. culture, I never really wanted to speak my language, yes. um, which is Hindu. But yeah. as I've gotten older now, I really take a lot of pride in speaking um, my language, Hindi, yeah. pardon me, Hindu yeah. is a religion. Yeah, Hindi. Um, so I traveled India a few times and the mm -hmm. language came back to me and I make yeah. a big effort to speak, um, you know, to speak Hindi. Hindi. So well, yeah, like you're your example, you're obviously bilingual, yeah, Peter, like 100% well, Italian. I, I'm lucky in the sense that um, I, I consider myself lucky, the fact that uh, mum and dad insisted on of talking Italian in, at home, obviously, but because mum didn't speak much English. And we lived in a, in a country area. That's Rob. So we were, we were in a country area and um, what happened was we, we had the class and uh, the teacher was trying to teach us English and trying to teach us how to do that other stuff. But what also happened was at home... We didn't have many visitors, right? Because we lived out in the country. Oh, yes, yes. You know, so mum and dad always spoke Italian. Yep. So as children, we learned Italian. Yep. So, and it wasn't until I went to high school that I started to um, really pick up. Really you know, develop your the, English. The English, you know. And by that time, obviously, I wasn't reading very well. Yep. And uh, I wasn't picked up that I had dyslexia until I was in first year high school. And then there was a teacher there that had some benefits and said, hang on a minute, we, we need special classes for your English, you know. So they, so they supported you though? Yeah. So well, then, yeah. That was, that was like the, the first time that somebody had picked up that I hadn't learnt to read and write properly, you know, but I was already in high school by then. Ah, but but it, it, it's still good that you had that interaction. You always need someone that picks that up, a good teaching. Yeah, so that's, that's what happened there for me. And then 
after that, I started to learn to read and write. Oh, I was writing okay, you know. My composition was very good. My maths were very good. My history and geography was very good. Just the reading part of it was very, very hard for me. And I always struggled with the reading and writing a little bit as well, to be honest. English yeah. was probably one of my most difficult classes as I was going through high school. But I feel now, as I've become older and I went to university, I feel like uh, the bilang, um, you know, having been brought up in two cultures, it actually helps me a lot now. Yeah. So I have a different understanding and different yeah. way to perceive things. Yes. So now I feel that my English skills are actually quite good. Yeah. Well, see, what happens with me and a lot of other people, and, and I relate it back to business, you know, like you said, your father was taught to do business to traditional way of trading and and that when he was actually yeah. never taught any business he was yeah. actually a lawyer yeah well that's but you know we, we learn by people around us definitely you know and there's a certain way of doing certain things and we do it that way you know so what we do we need to take a break now so what we'll do we'll come back after this and we'll talk about how people doing certain things find it hard to change the way they do it it's interesting yeah. okay so we'll come back after that thank you Hi, I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, a family-owned and operated business for 19 years and counting. Our showroom and coffee machine workshop is based in Adelaide City Centre, where we showcase coffee machines, all types of coffee accessories and complimentary products, as well as five of our very own coffee blends, including our most popular Dolce Vita blend. Fine Choice Coffee Solutions is SA's home and authorised service centre for the fully automatic Euro coffee machines. Our staff are friendly and welcoming, and always looking forward to meeting new customers so come and say hi at 264 Gilbert Street in the city or you can shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au Gallipo Foods dal 1983 leader australiano nella vendita di distribuzione di una vasta gamma di generi alimentari tra i quali il prosciutto Spears dal gusto unico e delicato al palato Innovazione, professionalità e forte rapporto con dipendenti, clienti e fornitori fanno di Gallipo Foods uno dei distributori più grandi, rispettati e premiati in tutta Australia. Gallipo Foods, stima, fiducia e qualità. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Billy. And we're proud to be hosting Sports Agenda. Your views, our opinions, every Saturday, 11am to 1pm. Solo Su, Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Radio Italia Uno. I'm Rishi Chatter, and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Okay, thank you very much, and thank you to our sponsors. Our radio sponsors are so important to us, and of course, to uh, for all our listeners, we encourage you to support the people that support us because we um, are a community radio station here, and we want to support the community as much as possible. And without the support, we wouldn't be able to be here to perform and present what we present to you every week and every day. There's people here that just love what they're doing. And we're talking about with Rishi, and now we've got a, a new guest who's just joined us. So, uh, Matt, thank you and welcome to the program. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yep, you're welcome. Matt is uh, all the way from Chicago, been living here in Australia for quite a while. And the interesting thing about Matt was that um, you came here um, to set up a business uh, from an American-based company. That's correct. Yep. Yep. And and the fact is that we were talking about how Rishi's family came out here from um, India over 30 years ago, or just over 30 years ago, but Rishi was saying your father was a lawyer? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was actually a lawyer. He was trained as a lawyer in India. He never actually practiced in Australia. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he's a qualified lawyer. He's actually gone back and um, done Supreme Court cases in India, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, never practiced in Australia, funny enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, he never really finished and pursued it over here, more of the business. Um, yeah. But yeah. So but what is interesting though, um, with Matt, we were so, talking to Rishi about the fact that his father was a lawyer in India. Huh. Um, so his father practiced practiced law. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He was a, a oh. practicing lawyer, and he's so that he never got to get he never got paid for it because he was just practicing. Ah, <laughs> not bad. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. no. What happened? What happened? You know was, why sharks don't attack lawyers, right? Why is that? Professional courtesy. Professional courtesy. <laughs> I like that. I Did like that. Did you know that it's in America we're doing something a bit different now? We, we recently, you know, with all this COVID. 
uh, all of the testing they've been doing and all of the scientific research, they've decided to start. You, they've decided to stop using the white rats for experiments. Did you know that? Yes, oh, I've, yeah. I might have heard of that. And, yeah. and they're recently gonna. They've decided to start using lawyers instead. <laughs> for, I for, forgot where you were did you know, did you know that? that? <laughs> you, do you know why they're using lawyers now for the experiments? Why is that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, the scientists uh, don't get as attached to the lawyers, so when it comes time to dissect them, <laughs> they don't get upset. And also, the great thing about the lawyers is uh, the scientists can get the lawyers to do things that the rats won't. <laughs> 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 All right, so that's our lawyer jokes for today. We've Very just good. we've just had Rob on. One more thing, on. one, one, one yeah. real quick, one more. One more. One more. My dad was a Chicago cop. Yeah. So just like you, my dad uh, had no uh, training in business either. But he used to say, "There's no such thing as a lawyer joke." They're all true stories. Ah. <laughs> Good one. All right. Yeah, so we're, we're going we're to be, ke huh? be careful here. We're going to get sued. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. That I, I, I'll tell you one more. I, I hate to do this, <laughs> but I can't help myself. We, we, uh, I had my own business as well, like, like your family. Mm -hmm. And I had a lawyer, and I'm not going to say his name because I will get sued. But I had a lawyer who one year I sent him a Christmas card. And this is not a joke. Yeah. This is not a joke. Not a joke. Not yeah. a joke. Not pretending it's a joke yep. it, it's not a punchline yep. i sent him a bill and i didn't send him a bill excuse yeah. me i sent him a christmas card one year he yep. sent me back a bill yep. for reviewing customer correspondence yeah and you know how they bill in six minute six minute increments oh, so yes so I, I don't know it's like 75 bucks or something <laughs> i'm not making this up i can't make this up it's true i know i know it's ridiculous mm. but that the secretary hilarious. would have done it that's mm. it but anyway look we were talking about how people um have to change careers and um What's really happened this last year all around the world, I've been uh, corresponding with a lot of different friends and different consultants and people that I've worked with. Um, they're all telling me the same thing. And all the consultants I talk to are saying the same things, how so many people have had to change the career that they were doing or, more importantly, the way they were doing it. So, you know, you, you mentioned how your father uh, ran a business for 30 years and all of a sudden closed it all down because, you know, things changed so much for him that he wasn't able to keep up with it or it was time for him to retire. Well, obviously, um, you know, having a retail fashion business, um, you know, with the e-commerce coming, we really mm -hmm. had to move into that phase. And my dad just wasn't too keen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a lot of people saying we really should be moving into it. Mm -hmm. So just like you mentioned, Peter, innovative. You have to change and everything mm -hmm. as a business and also as an employee as well. I, I see a lot of employees now just working in general stores. Mm -hmm. They have to be quite multifaceted. You know, you see a lot of employees, they're serving and they're also doing a bit of banking and accounting. Yeah. It's just the way the world is now. It's a very competitive nature. Yeah, the, the old day, you used to go to work and do an apprenticeship or do do a trade or work in a factory or, or an office, whatever, and then you get your gold watch after 25 years, you know. Yeah. That's gone. That's gone yeah, a long time ago. Sad, but yeah. But unfortunately, true. some people still have that mentality, mm. you know, and, and now the younger generation, of course, you know, they, now they give them all these different names, you know, there's the boomers, the, you know, this, that, and that, and now it's the noughties and the, you know, whatever they call the Y generation, the XY generation, the K generation, the, and all these different names for generations. The reality is people have to change. Mm. And the people, uh, as the world changes, people change and things uh, are changing faster than a lot of people are changing. And that's where everybody goes, ah, ah. because mm. if you look at the five um, things that people fear the most, Right? Changes at the it, top. It's, it's change is one of the top three or four. Mm. You know, pub, fear of public speaking. Yeah, that's number one. It ranks yeah. above yeah. death. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I, know. I love that. Yeah, I mean, there's fear Please of public Please put me on the stage yeah. instead of put a gun to my head. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a fear of public speaking, the fear of death, the fear of change, and the fear of the unknown, right? They're the top four or five, you know. Now, think about this. When you've got change, there's a lot of unknown. Mm. And when you've got unknown, there's a whole lot of change that has to happen. So we are now at the worst time in the world history as far as anxiety, depression, and all these other um, things that happen when you stress levels go up through the roof. You mm. know, this has gone far past the roof. It's gone through the skyscrapers, you know.
that's what's happening at the moment. On that, Peter, I just, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'd really no, no. like to make a comment on that. You know, we've seen all this anxiety and obviously it's been a horrible year for everyone. But me personally, yeah. I, it's actually made me appreciate life a lot more. Yeah. Like having been in Adelaide, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, we've been extremely lucky over the pandemic. The luckiest place in the world to be. Yeah. And to be honest, me personally, and I've tried to tell my friends and family the same thing, it just made me appreciate life, if not more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me, me personally, I feel like uh, hopefully the world can actually come a little bit more together that we can think about, you know, being more cohesive. You know, we're all in this together. Yes. I, I hopefully, I think, you know, there is, I do see glimpses of that as well. And that's what I'm trying to take out of this personally. Good on you. Well, well done. Well, I really, what I really find fascinating is, uh, uh, well, actually, I don't even know if it's fascinating, but it just pounds <laughs> the point home. Well, it is to you. <laughs> is, is, that, uh, is that, you know, you you just made the comment that we've had we are in the best uh, worst position ever anxiety wise so mm-hmm. on and so forth, but when has the standard of living been higher in the human history? I yeah, totally never. agree with yeah, that as well. Never, it's, never, not, yeah. not even close. But see, this time not of even the in year, the, yeah, yeah. And, and and everybody's unhappy. I yeah. agree with you. We're 100%. not focusing on what's most important in life. Is what the real issue well, is. Well, the thing Rishi you know? just said something very profound for Rishi. Oh, thank you, Peter. <laughs> well, a stop you know, clock is right said, twice a day. He said the fact that, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That what happened was that Rishi also said that it started to make him appreciate what he does have. You know, and mm. this is the time of the year, uh, traditionally at Christmas time of the year or the, the end of the year and the beginning of the new year where people start thinking about what happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future and they start planning or they do a quick you know, uh, New Year's resolution that they don't follow through on. Mm. You know, 99% of the people, you know, more than 99% of the people don't follow through. It's only about 1% or less than 1% of the people that follow through the whole year on Mm. their New Year's resolution. So it's a real big thing. But um, as a laughter therapist and the sort of consulting that I do, I have a lot of people in business that are saying, I've never had it so tough. And yet there is just as many people say, although it's been tough, we are doing better now than before mm. because they've like they've tightened up. They've they've looked at where the money's going. They looked at where the money's actually coming from and how to achieve it. They looked at where their sales are coming from. They looked at where their reputation's going and how how to keep their reputation so people will come back week after week after week to their store. Zig Ziglar always said that business is never bad out there. It's mm. only bad between your ears. Yep. It's in here, inside. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly but right. By always, the way, I just want to say I pick on Rishi because he's better looking than me. I can't tell that, that on the radio, but it's just it's like your mama told you in school. They only the boys only tease you because they like you. Ooh, <laughs> you won't tease me at all, Matt. I quite enjoy it. Uh, yeah. On that anxiety, though, you know yeah. how you said at the end of the year, Peter, yeah. and like we always reflect and we look forward. I was reading something really interesting the other day. Like this is normal. Like yeah. you know, I think a lot of people they don't. Like that, you know, they like, you know, we get a bit anxious. We all get a bit of anxiety and, and, you know, anxious. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I like to tell people that this is actually normal. And the people who are most anxious, I actually tell people it's a form of intelligence. Your brain Mm -hmm. is thinking about every single scenario. Back in the day as a caveman, the most anxious person... Was the one that survived. It would be the survivor. <laughs> yeah. So I, when you tell people that, yeah. like, it really changes their conception yeah, on anxiety. I like to tell people that a lot. So I just wanted to same, make that point. Yeah, yeah, good well, point. I was reading a study years ago that talks about how the, the gene that's associated with depression and anxiety is also the one that's, mo- that's most associated with intelligence. Well, so being bright is <laughs> really stinks because you, get, you, get, you can find all the reasons to be upset. And you're genetically predisposed to being upset, but you gotta you gotta look at the. I, I read something just yesterday. Sorry, yeah, I'm over. Right, I'm no. talking over, but um, I read something just yesterday that the glass is always full. Yes, you know because technically, if you think about it, if it's fifty percent water and fifty percent air, it's full. It's full. <laughs> you got to think of it as it's always full. Yeah, it's always well, full. The thing is, I like, this, that. See, <laughs> I like that. It's a yeah. very interesting perspective. It's true because, but you know how you're talking about anxiety and and you talked about the body and the, the reflect the what actually happens to the body, right, and the mind and the and the nervous system. It's exactly the same reaction. When you're nervous, when you're upset, say, for example, as a performer, right, or as a presenter, I have to get up on stage and talk to, you know, 500 people or 5,000. To me, now it doesn't make any difference because I've, I've been lucky enough to perform to big, big groups and to lots of smaller groups. So it's easy for me to get up on stage. Now, 
But what happens is a person who's going up on stage to talk to 50 people and they've only ever spoken to 10, they're going to be really, really nervous. And what happens is they say their hands go sweaty, their heart goes boom, 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 their their pressure goes woo-woo, they, they want to keep running to the toilet, they have this nervous shake and they, they have real tension in their body. Butterflies. Now, the butterflies, you know, and then the person who is a consummate performer has the same thing. Before they go on stage, they've got, you know, sweaty palms, tension in their body, nervous, and their legs are shaking, all the rest of it. But that's the energy, it's the nervous energy, which is driving, like enthusiasm. Mm. And it's just exactly the same thing. But one puts a label on it as a nervous energy. The other one says, I'm so enthusiastic, I just can't wait to get mm. out there. You know, and I've noticed that here in Adelaide, um, all the performers, and Rishi knows a lot of the comedians, for example, that we do, and a lot of performers, and every week, this last few months, a lot of the guys have been performing three and four times a week in different shows and different presentations. The newer people are all there as nervous as anything. All the older people, the more experienced ones, are there as excited as everything. But when you look at both of them, one person went up to this chap the other day and says, oh, God, you look nervous. And the guy says, no, I can't wait to get on. Mm. You know, I can't wait to get on. So it wasn't nervous at all. It was just waiting to get on. Anyway, talking about that, we have to um, listen to a couple of commercials here. We'd like to say thank you to all our sponsors and we'll be straight back after these commercials. Thank you so much for listening to us and our guests are fantastic today. Monacera Restaurant, where you eat Italian style. From the 6th of November, we are opening our new elegant reception room for weddings, baptisms, family functions and much more with a capability of up to 100 people. Eating at Bonacera Restaurant is like emerging ourselves in the all-Italian dream. On Friday and Saturday, lots of music in our piano bar and you'll taste the fabulous specials of our Maria. At Bonacera Restaurant, fixed price includes three courses, dessert and coffee. Bookings 83795647. Bonasera Restaurant, 295 Glen Osmond Road, Glenunga. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Granito, Marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Join me, Ron Fiedler. Karen Fiedler, each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, Every Saturday morning from 9 till 10 a.m. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia 1. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley, and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Okay, thank you, and thank you very much to all our sponsors. It's a a great pleasure to have so many sponsors here to Radio Italia Uno. And, of course, without our sponsors, we wouldn't have a show. So, But thank you, and please support the people that support us. I can't say that enough. And if anybody's looking at promoting their business this year, please get in touch with our Radio Italia Uno studios um, at uh, 265 Sturt Street in Adelaide. And uh, just come in, talk to Martha, talk to anybody that's here. We'll all, always make you a coffee and more than welcome to pop in. And um, it's great to see so many people that do ring in and talk to us or ask us questions. And if anybody wants to ask us any questions about what, whatever show, but in particular, Happy Business, please uh, send me a, an email to the radio station. Look us up on Facebook or on um, whatever device you're using and send us an email, send us a, a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. 
We have uh, two special guests in today. Of course, um, some of you may have heard Matt and Rishi in the past. Matt has come in a few times as, as my co-host today. I've got him more as a special guest because I want to pick his brain and learn um, and help you guys out there to There's learn as much as we can. There. <coughs> yep. And, of course, Rishi, Rishi was um, involved with his um, family business and for quite a few years and learnt everything he could from his father. Um, and his mother as well, I think she had a big part in your business, didn't yes, she? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that, Peter. So my father was, you know, the brains, the logistics behind the business, but my mum had the street smarts. Like she she ran, the, like she was good with people. Yeah. So management and styles, she understands people. Uh, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me correct you. Not she was good with people. She, she is. is good yeah, with people. Sorry, She's yeah, yeah. very good. Mom. I've met in the terms of the business. <laughs> yes, I know. It's not around anymore. Yes. She is fantastic with people. Well, so, yeah, she uh, has a very open and understanding nature, which yep. is, yeah. So uh, everyone just loves my mother. Very so likeable person. With the very, people. Very my dad doesn't person. have yeah. that ability yeah. whatsoever. He's so a lawyer. nobody likes your father. <laughs> uh, except me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, particularly. I don't think even mum likes him that much. That's a that's another thing. We're part of your jokes, but that's all right. Yeah. So. No, but, but this is very important because um, a lot of people don't realise how important it is to have that pleasant personality mm. to mm. to attract people to the store. Mm. You know, they have they, because the business is tough. They they've got this, like you were saying before, Rishi, about people being stressed out and you know, and are in the store and they're so stressed out when somebody comes in. They're over anxious. It's like when you were doing sales, Matt. You you mentioned a few weeks ago about um, having salesmen who are uh, hungry for business, and mm. then you have some who are desperate for business. Mm. There's a big difference mm. between being desperate and being hungry. Yeah, it's like I found that out when I was dating. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the women could smell the desperation, and it wasn't <laughs> sex, successful at all. Yeah. yeah, and that it, that never works when you're desperate, yeah. especially yeah. with women. Everyone but knows I, that. But, but I do, I do think that uh, people don't buy just because they like you, but they definitely will not buy if, if they don't, don't like you. Yes. I hundred yeah. so percent agree I, with yeah. that. I, I think that in business to business, though, sometimes they'll buy just because they like you. Business yeah. to business, it's all about relationships. You know, so I, I think that that's super key, especially if you're selling to other businesses. Yeah, I, I personally believe that relationship selling is the no most important uh, one to develop because the fact is if you've got a shop and even if you've got a really nice dress in it, I know my wife, like all the other women that I talk to, will say, I'm not going to that shop because there was a – a, a mm. blah 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 mm. woman in there, you know, mm. or a mm. blah 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 person serving. Now that yeah. person serving I, 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 may have gone, mm. you know, six weeks ago or ten weeks ago or five years ago, but they still won't go in that 100% shop. One hundred percent true. Well, yeah. It also works uh, vice versa. Plus, plus well. when they make fun of the plus size ladies like me, oh, yeah. I, get, on, I get really offended. Yeah. <laughs> but they're also the vice versa as well. Like for example, at a bar and yeah. there's a fantastic bartender, you know, yeah. you may go back to that bar. You'd be like, yeah. oh, that great guy. He's always fun and yeah. to talk to. Restaurants you know, are so always the same. Work. Yeah. Restaurants are the same. I, I know a lot of people in Adelaide, we've got some beautiful restaurants, really lovely. We've got more restaurants per head of population than most other states, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. In Adelaide, we've got mm. more restaurants per head of population than most mm. other states. And what happens is people say, oh, no, I'm not going back to that restaurant. I said, why not? Oh, we went there a few years ago and the waitress was really rude. I said, that waiter's not even there anymore. Mm. You know, and that's unfair to the to the restaurant. Or, or they say, oh, go back to this restaurant because the food is fantastic. We went there. You know, there was one restaurant here in, in uh, Rundle Street. We went there one night with a couple of friends and we just happened to be in town. I said, oh, look, that's a nice Italian restaurant. So let's go there. We went there. It's not Italian anymore. Mm. Right, it's taken over by a totally different nationality of people, and we sat down. We said, oh, "We're here now. We might as well order." The menu looked really good, so we ordered, and this platter came out it was huge. I thought, "Wow, this is supposed to be for two. It's enough for four or even six people." It was Must such have been a big American platter. restaurant. No, we no, no, overeat. it's not. But it's, <laughs> I was kidding. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But no, it wasn't. But we went back there. The food, every part of that food, was really tasty. Right. A fortnight later, exactly a fortnight later, we happened to be in town and this guy, same guy said, I'm going back there because that was the best I've had. We went back there. The food, the fish had just come out of the freezer and thrown it in the fry pan and thrown it on the plate. The centre of it was still frozen. Oh. The meat was raw. You know, we asked for medium, well, medium, and it was like raw, really raw. And some other pieces were like the, the uh, onion rings were all mushy. And the, the squid was like really rubbery. I thought, what happened to the chef? Obviously, the chef had changed or a different shift and a different chef. The food was crap. 
you know, now I would say to myself, I'll never go back there again, but that's unfair, mm. you know, because the first time we went there, the food was so nice, mm. you know, we, we wanted to go back again. Mm. You know, and that happens all the time. Yeah. Consistency is a huge service, issue. And mm. like you said, one waitress mm. or one waiter makes the difference to the restaurant, mm. whether people come or go. Now, some people don't realise that the front of house is so important. Mm. Yep. You know, so what when I'm teaching people and when I'm coaching people, I say, who have you got that's in front of house? Who have you delegated your most important job mm. to? And they say, which is the most important job? I said, every one of them. <laughs> well, you think about it. What's most important? Right. The, yeah. the person that greets you. Right. Hey, mister, come in, please. Can I help you? Can I sit mm -hmm. you? Where would you like to sit? On this side of the room or this side of the mm. room? You know, well, you know, and take your order. Look, here's your menu. Here's your drinks order. I'll be back. How long would you like? You know, five minutes, ten minutes? You want a chance to talk for a while? Has uh, everybody arrived? You mm. know, ask stupid mm. little questions like that. Builds up a quick rapport with the waiter, with the person serving you. Come back, oh, here's some water, here's some buns, here's some serviette or whatever it is that they offer you mm. while you're looking at the menu. You think, wow, that guy's good or that lady's really lovely. And then if you put the order in it and the chef stuffs up, that's going to be terrible. Or if the barman doesn't mix your drinks correctly, that's going to stuff it up. Th that's why your cohesion so, in the workplace has to be, you know, everyone needs to be on the same page. Yeah, and, and then, you know, and if you're on the same page and you have more consistent. Yep. I always see that, like you mentioned, Peter, consistency. It's unfortunate that you had that experience, you know. You obviously yep. had a fantastic experience. Yep. And then to not have that replicated and now you have sort of a bad taste of the restaurant. That's right. And obviously, you know, when they are at their, you know, their peak, yep. they obviously perform very, very well. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a lot of uh, an issue that a lot of businesses really struggle with, consistency. But yep. I think if you had the cohesion with the staff, everyone's on the same page, you won't have these training. issues. Simple, you have a thought on that, Matt? I was just training. thinking about a thing I read several years ago. You guys have figured out I'm kind of a nerd. I read a lot. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Good. So, but uh, talked about it talks about it when 99% isn't good enough. Yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, there was just a lot. I mean, this has nothing to do with restaurants, but it was like. Uh, it's got if, to do if, with every business. 99% of parts on the space shuttle didn't work. <laughs> yes. I mean, did work. I mean, only 1% didn't. Well, there's, you know, several million pieces to the space shuttle. I yeah. mean, when the Challenger exploded, it was an O-ring yeah. that cost less than $2. Yes. And it's yes. a billion-dollar aircraft, seven lives, and, yeah. you know. our and history. The spearhead for humanity into space. I mean, because that was the only space program going at the time. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, you know, you need to, I mean, obviously we can't always be 100% on, but we've got to focus on being 100% on. Because if yep. you're not shooting for 100%, well, You're definitely not going to get to ninety or eighty-five or eighty. That's for damn sure. Well, well said. This is, well said. That's a that's a very good point you make because when I talk to people in business, I always ask for that hundred percent. And they say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I said, "Well, who have you got at the front of house?" You know, I walk into some businesses. They've asked me to go in as a silent shopper, you know, or a secret shopper or whatever. And um, I was speaking to one particular chap, and he said, "Yeah." I'd like to find out, I said, if you want to find out how your business is running, I said, have you ever rung yourself? You know how many people never, ever ring their own number? Mm, mm. I tell you what, I asked just recently, I've asked about five or six bosses to ring their own number. Mm. They were surprised what they got. They were really surprised. They asked one of their friends to sit there and put their phone on um, voice, you know, so you can hear it, and said, now ring this number and I, I want to hear what, they tell you. Mm. And I said, do it. They were like blown away. They said, mm. you're joking. Mm. And I said, no, I rang your business three times last week. I couldn't get through the first two times. When I finally got through, they said, oh, we'll, we'll put you through now. Put me through and cut me off twice. And he said, oh, no, that would never happen to my boss. Yeah. That's right. what he said. No, no, that would never happen to my place. <laughs> Was this guy a new business owner? No, what? no. He'd been in business for 10 years. How the hell honest, does he think that? Honest to God. Oh, my honest God. Honest to God. I I'm to, sorry. I shouldn't laugh. No, you should laugh. And make people out there realise how bad oh some businesses God. answer their phone. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'll say this. I mean, I won't mention the name, but there was one real estate company, and I said to them, Please put your phone on the good old-fashioned answering machine. Mm. Don't let this person yeah. ever answer yeah. the phone. Mm. You know what they did? They, they, when the receptionist went to lunch, she'd switch the phones off. Mm. Yeah. She actually switched no. them off. Well, they don't want to. No, no, I no. Mean, they switched them off. Yeah. And I said, you, and he said, I said, do you know that? He said, no, no, our phones would never be switched off. I said, I know for a fact because I asked her when I went in there. I said, I've been trying to ring you. And she said, oh, no, I switched the phones off. 
I said, you mean you switch them to somebody else? No, no, I switch them off. Right. Switch them off. They so don't want to leave a message. I, I mean, you I'm can't sorry. leave a message. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry to be negative, but let's let's get real here. We, you're be- As a business owner, you're dealing with human nature. Yeah. Okay? And human nature is to do the least possible. I mean, I'm sorry I sound <laughs> negative. Well, Not always, but, you know, in a, in a, there's a large percentage of people that want to do as little as possible and get as much as they can. Okay? Know, I'll tell you. And... This, this funny, yeah, that's it's crazy I, I to think that they're, you know, I mean, you've got to be checking up on people and and not let them feel like you're doing it a police style. No, no, but the point, the you know? problem comes back to always the manager. Yeah, of course, the yeah. owner. Yeah. You know, yeah, go on, Richie. Just a little point. I just have on the on the phone thing. I've always wondered why more businesses don't incorporate text messaging. We all text message. Like when I was just with my uh, oh, work with the mattress company, yeah. like, you know, I, you know, some clientele, you know, you'd be closer and some of them go, hey, could I just text you? And I was yeah. like, not a problem. Yeah. I, I don't understand why well, they don't incorporate that more. Obviously you may, well, any thoughts on that? Everyone? Yeah. Well, well I, I think one is it's, you know, again, we're still, most business owners and, and are older. Older than 50. You know, and most <laughs> business owners are, I mean, I am not supposed to say things that sound prejudiced or racist, but we're white. Yeah, okay? why not? So you got the old white guys like myself that are thinking the old ways. You know, we need to think the new ways. In yeah. fact, I was reading a study recently, again, going back to putting my nerd hat back yeah. on, that uh, most people find a text message more uh, obtrusive than a phone call. Really? Which yeah. I was like, what the heck? How is that possible? But, but, wow. but know, text well, messaging <clears throat> has become the major point of communication now and for a lot we, of people. So that's more we, more like communication yeah. than actually talk, calling yeah. to somebody. I mean, Peter, you remember the old days, yeah. back in the days of wooden ships and iron men. That's right. When, when the, they had the, you know, where... The, 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 the phone pages. companies, the phone companies had to sell us on calling people, yeah. because we can't call someone. That's rude. We've got to go see them. Yeah, I mean, calling someone. We've got to you knock gotta, on their door and, and say, "Can yeah. I talk to your manager, please?" Yeah, yeah. And they, rather so, than ringing up. So they spent. I mean, around the world, they spent billions of dollars convincing people in the '60s, '70s, and calls. '80s yep. that we had to pick up the phone and call someone. Yep. Okay, because that was just not done. You just had to go see the person. Yeah, and now yeah. <laughs> and now we're convincing people that we got to text an email. Yeah. You, know, you know, the worst thing that I hear, and uh, for me, I, I, you know, the child is upstairs in the bedroom or down in their bedroom, just down the corridor, two rooms away from the lounge room, and mum has to send her a text message, dinner is ready. <laughs> What's wrong with saying, hey, darling, dinner's ready? You know, like... What's the good old-fashioned, like, you know, hey, come on, dinner's ready, or 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whatever time you have dinner, or dinner will be ready in 10 minutes. I expect you to be here. That's it. You don't have to send them a text message to say, come on in. That's ridiculous. On that but- real note, though, sometimes it can be quite difficult to actually, um, well, I've noticed a lot of businesses, they've, you know, what I've heard, they've just pushed so far technology, you can't even find a phone number for them. Yeah. <laughs> so if you actually do want to speak to someone, yeah. it can be yeah. incredibly difficult with a lot of businesses. Yes, yes, it's true. Sorry. It's true. We're going to take another break and come straight back uh, because this is really exciting and it's getting a uh, heated discussion. I love it. Thank you. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, proprietary limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Radio Italia 1 e Unique Stone presentano A Night with Amore and Avati. A Night with Amore and Avati. Festeggia e celebra l'amore con la trascinante e travolgente simpatia del grande Joe Avati. Per un San Valentino tra romanticismo e divertimento sfrenato. 
uno spettacolo imperdibile, arricchito dalla musica di Daniela Fontana Rosa e i Sonic Circle. Sabato 13 febbraio nello splendido teatro di Woodville Town Hall, entrata alle ore 18.30. Non aspettare, prenota i tuoi biglietti chiamando la radio al numero 82 12 31 77. Radio Italia 1, Radio Italia 1. Le sorprese non finiscono mai. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Happy Business with Peter Saluno on Radio Italia Uno. Thank you, thank you to all our sponsors again. Thank you for listening and especially our, our guests that are in today, uh, Matt and Rishi. Thank you very much for coming in. Um, we, we don't have much time left already. The hour gone shoom, so fast this week. And, of course, we've had a heated discussion here and, and about phones and, and leaving messages. And, and Matt raised a, a very good point how earlier in my um, selling career or in my in a business career, how we used to have to go knocking on doors and talk to people and try and get face-to-face with people. Um, and then the, the, we all got mobile phones. We all got, you know, press-button phones on our desks and... Um, you know, then it was about ringing as many people as you can, you know, mm. because then it changed. Like instead of spending an hour driving to somewhere to try and see somebody and then driving back again, um, you just pick up the phone and ring up. And the one thing I always taught people was if you make an appointment before you go out to see the guy, ring to confirm it a day or two before or even just a day before, even an hour or two before, because then they save you leaving the office, driving down to the person's place and driving back again without anybody being there. It's a whole wasted day, you know, and that's what a lot of salesmen used to do, waste a lot of time backwards and forwards. But, Matt, you had a point that you wanted to make. Well, I just wanted to say that one one missed phone call can torpedo your business. I mean, yeah, of course. It, it, today on the internet, Google reviews and product review and blah, 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 review. And it, nothing gets people more angry than when they call and nobody answers. That's how you get these reviews on the internet saying, oh, this is a scam. This is this. Yeah. This is that. Can't this is get the other through. thing. And they miss a, they, just because you missed a phone call. You can, be give, you can do everything right, have the right product, have the right <laughs> service, give the right price give awesome after sales service all mm-hmm. this and then you get one joker that misses the that feels that they're the center of the universe you miss their call yep. and it's all over the internet and then you've got a big problem this you know? um, that's what it's about what they, so yeah. it, just answering every call is key i mean yep. it's just key you can't miss them or they because we got to remember these guys a lot of people are looking for the scam they're mm. negative people they're looking right. for the scam and if somebody doesn't answer their phone, they use that to take out on your business the fact that they're unhappy. Yep. And on the flip side of that, you don't know for sure if that per, that call is going to be the one that gives you a huge account. A, a huge account, that's right. You know, Arisha, I, you wanted to I say mean, something. I, I was sorry. reading, uh, just sorry. real quick, no, I'm no, sorry, I'm, I'm saying blah, blah, blah when blah is probably good enough. But, you know, you've spent, you know... You, you need as a business owner to figure out what each call costs you. And, our, and the businesses that I've run, each phone call used to cost me about 150 bucks. Yep. So missing calls means you're missing money. Sorry, go ahead. No, go. no, I just, um, I wasn't, um, just adding to your point, um, okay. you know, um, what you're saying. It's about being 100%. Mm. Everything. You can't, yep. you know, that 1% you miss, that one phone call, just like what you're saying. And just, the yeah. difference between success and failure in business is razor, razor thin. Yep. I mean, mm. it's, I it really you, is. I can tell you there was um, uh, just... R- when I used to run an agency, um, one one particular major shopping centre was looking for uh, somebody at Christmas and and some functions, and they rang five or six different people, uh, you know, to leave messages, leave messages. I just happened to pick up. She said, "Oh, you're the first one that picked up. I've just rang five other people." I said, "How can I help you?" She went, "Ah," I could hear it in her voice. And when she told me what she wanted, I said, "Yeah, no worries. When would you like to meet?" She went, "Oh," I said, "I'll come in and talk to you. That way, you can show me what you're doing. I'll show you how we can help you." You know, made a huge difference. I picked up David Jones, Myers, and a couple of other major shopping centres. All their business for about five or six years, I ran a, a company called Dream Promotion. Simply, like you just said, Matt, one phone call mm. made my five years uh, continuously. I've been working in Asia for exactly the same reason. I went over there when you nobody doing, nobody leaves messages or answers. Yeah, but me. yeah, in Asia <laughs> it's different. But when you present, when you mm. present, you never know who's in the room. Mm. And I say to the performers, you know, you never know who's in the room or who will tell somebody or who will film a few seconds of it, and somebody will see it and say, "Hey, that guy looks good. We'll have him." 
and that's mm. that's what happens. Now, look, we, we've got about 30 seconds left here, and um, I just want to say it's been really great having you, Rish. Thank you very much for coming in. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank yeah. you very much, thank Peter you. and Matt. Give my regards to your parents, and we'll catch up soon, no doubt. And, Matt, thank you for coming in. Pleasure is all and, mine. And uh, we'll have you next week as, as a co-presenter, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll um, we'll see what happens after that. Um, I want to just say also a thank you to Ron and Karen because Ron and Karen have been working um, very, very hard with the Radio Italia Uno. They've got their own show here, which is um, Talking Real Estate. Karen does a a great job with that and Ron has been putting that together. But he also does the podcasting. So if anybody wants to know about podcast, talk to Podcast City. Ring Ron or Karen here at the radio station or on Podcast City. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I'm honoured to be here and uh, season's greetings to everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. 